All right, well, I'm not going to change up anything, even though I'm uh, um, kind of sitting in for the pastor. Um, so this is, the, this is the point in the program where, <laughs> where uh, um, I, I ask that, 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 uh, that question, who's got to praise? Because this is, the, this is the, uh, the, uh, the, the glory that Jesus gets. So go ahead, bud. Oh, wow. I haven't done it in a while because uh, about a month ago, my brother-in-law, he started to fight with me and knocked me to the ground, and I hit my head on the concrete. Spent almost two weeks in the hospital, and I'm still... It, it caused a brain injury, a brain bleed back here. But I'm, I'm finally back. I'm focused now. That's my praise. I, I feel good enough to go back to work finally. I'm, Amen. Wow. Amen. 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 Who else? Go ahead, man. Well, praise the Lord for uh, the week we've had. We've had a lot of time to uh, catch up on honeydews and spend time with the kids and everything. So it's been a great week. So praise the Lord for giving to it. Uh, you know, I always thought, and, and I've never, I've never had it, but I always thought being self-employed that it, it, it might be great. You know, because I would be able to be around the family and the kids more and be able to set my own schedule. But, you know, from what I've seen from, uh, from a lot of people that are self-employed, it don't work like that. It, uh, and sometimes uh, being self-employed is more work than actually working for somebody else. Yeah, it, well, you know, and it's, it, it's those times that uh, you kind of treasure, you know. The closer I get to retirement, it uh, you know I, I don't figure I'm ever going to get to retire, so I'm, I'm going to have to c- uh, call in dead to somebody one of these days. <laughs> and uh, but uh, uh, you know the the dream um, is to uh, uh, one day work for myself and transition out. Now whether we're ever going to be able to do it, I I don't know. But uh, um, <clears throat> we came close just before. Um, when uh, I was uh, Harvey hit, um, I was about ready to transition into my own fab shop, and uh, it, it just it didn't happen. But uh, all right, who else? Who else has got to praise this morning? Go ahead, Jerry. Well, praise the Lord for the truth of His word. Just praise the Lord that we live here in America. Yeah. Amen. That, that just getting it still ten times better anywhere else. Amen. Yeah. Go ahead, Glenda. Most everybody knows that I have a great granddaughter that's now eight days old, nine days old. You're not old enough to be a great grandma, are you? Great grandma. Yeah, Emily had her baby. Well, I gotta be nice. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. And this last year was an amazing Well, you know, and and I guess my praise that uh, um, it it happened a couple weeks ago, but uh, for the first time. In 12 years, um, the cholesterol, the triglycerides, um, everything like that is perfectly normal. Um, the diabetes is under control. I'm just uh, a little high on my A1C, so they're doing, uh, they're working on uh, doing a ramp down on the medicines uh, if everything goes right within three months. So, I mean, it's been a, it's been a long road, and uh, so. All right, who more? Who else? Ms. Mary. 
Oh, Miss Barry, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say we had a great time yesterday at the Young Authority. Yes, we did. Wonderful time. The day was beautiful. Everything was nice. The people were nice. Got fun. Just, you know, it's so wonderful to just come together with other believers and have a fun time. Yeah. No, no, no quarreling, no fussing, just loving each other. And good food, yes, too. It's <laughs> so wonderful. That is praise the Lord. Now, now at Young at Heart, do y'all eat your dessert first? Uh, sometimes. Just well, I, I mean, I'm just curious if you had to practice being Baptist at it. <laughs> you know, cause, cause, uh, because Baptists do eat their dessert first. That way, because you never, you never know whether you're going to have room for it at the end. And, you know, and the rapture might happen at any moment. <laughs> so. That's funny. <laughs> All right, anybody else? Oh, go ahead. So uh, we got to do two homeschool uh, outings with the kids. Uh, they had events scheduled just for homeschool kids. And we went Thursday to um, Holiday Acres Street Farm over there in um, Alvin area, Manville. And there were so many kids. Like, I did not realize that there were that many kids that were homeschooled out there. And so um, the kids got to go on hay rides, and they got to build stuff and play on hay bales. And it was just nice to see that our kids were interacting with all these other kids that, you know, normally they wouldn't, you know, but they were out having fun. And then we got to go take them skating Friday. And it was just like there's so many things that they get to do and enjoy and meet other people without being in a classroom setting. Yeah. So it was really fun. It, uh, uh, you know, and I've seen I've seen both sides of the coin, and uh, um, you know, some people say the the homeschool um, they don't get the uh, the socialization, um, but you know, uh, as I as I look through public school, I'm, I kind of wonder if that's such a bad thing, you know. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, uh, both my kids were, were public school, um, but, um, you know, as the weirdness knob keeps getting turned up. Um, you know, and it used to be nice because the schools didn't have agendas. And now, uh, you know, uh, all the schools have agendas, and, uh, you know, it just, I'm not even going to go there this morning. But, uh, um, it, uh, uh, but no, that's, uh, that, that, that's really cool. And, uh, all right, anybody else before we get into this? Going once, going twice. All right, turn to Revelation chapter 4. For the people in my class, we're going to back up just to, I'm going to go really quick through um, uh, Revelation 4.1, just, but I, I want you to see what we're going to look at, and we've been looking at uh, for the second week, is the throne. And Revelation 4.1 is one of the, uh, one of the divisions um, as you read the book of Revelation. And uh, um, the, when you talk about the rapture, which we're not going to go into this morning, we, there's a, that's a whole other subject, Revelation 4.1 is the dividing line. Um, it, uh, um, the church isn't mentioned until uh, much later in the book of Revelation after this. Um, uh, uh, at this point, when, when, uh, uh, when uh, the voice, and we're going to find out who that voice is this morning, but when that voice says, come up hither, 
the the church is no longer on the earth, and we're at the uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Um, we're uh, being rewarded. We're being uh, fellowship. We're we're with um, uh, our family. We're with Christ, and we'll we'll be with Him forever. Um, but uh, as I said last week, I like looking um, at Revelation four in light of Revelation five, and I think these two books go together. But uh, and we won't have time this morning to get that far into it. But I want you to see. Um, a little bit about this throne because we uh, we gloss over this. A lot of times we get into Revelation and we just read. It's kind of like it's kind of like we do in the book of Leviticus. We put our head down and we trudge one word at a time, keep swinging, and we're finally going to get through it. I don't know what they're talking about, but we're going to get through it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, as I've told my class a hundred times, when you read the book of Revelation, in fact, if you read the Bible from the end of the Amen. But especially if you read the book of Revelation and you miss Jesus, you've missed the entire book. So anyway, uh, let's look at this. Revelation chapter 4.1, John, he's on the, uh, the island of Patmos. He's a, he's a prisoner there. He says, after this I looked. He said, and behold, a door is, was opened in heaven. And the four, first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, John hears this voice again. Now, this voice he's heard before. It, it says, as a trumpet talking, this voice is loud, it's clear, it's commanding. But we're, uh, we're, we, we have to ask ourselves, who is this voice? Who's behind this voice? For that answer, let's go over to Revelation chapter 1. And Revelation, chapter 1, look, let's start at verse 9. It says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He goes on in verse 10, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and notice this, he says, and heard behind me a great voice, this voice speaking loud and clear. He goes, as, as it were, of a trumpet. Now, a trumpet in those days called, uh, called the assemblies together. It, uh, it, told, uh, it told people to charge. It told people to retreat. It told uh, uh, trumpets uh, especially were um, of great importance. And, uh, um, but he says, I heard uh, uh, behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, and here's what it was saying. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, unto Sardi, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And John says, he, he goes on in verse 12, he says, I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. And it said, The one like unto the Son of Man was clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paths with a golden girdle. This, this voice, this person he sees in the middle of the, uh, the golden candlesticks is dressed like a high priest. 
And it, he goes on and it says his head and hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet were uh, like unto brass, um, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice was as a sound of many waters. It was commanding. Anybody ever heard a waterfall? You know, it, uh, um, uh, when we uh, were traveling, we, uh, we stopped at a place called Multnomah Falls. And it, it's not a huge waterfall, but uh, they have a restaurant right next to it. And you, know, you can look out the restaurant uh, window and you can see these, uh, this waterfall going. But what you notice is the roar of this water coming down. And I'm like, well, this is cool. I hadn't seen many waterfalls in my life. So um, I said, this is pretty cool. But they have a trail that you could take and walk up to where the waterfall starts. Well, Susan and I didn't have anything else to do other than travel, and we were kind of tired of sitting in the car, and we weren't exactly hungry yet. So we said, why don't we walk up to the mouth of this waterfall? So we went back to the car, and we grabbed a couple jugs because I said, you know, I'm going to get some water out of the top of this thing. And uh, so we walked all the way up. Well, this big waterfall started as a little bitty creek. But by the time it went over the rocks and, and, and got there to the bottom, it was commanding. And it was like the sound of many waters. Um, the, other, the other thing that uh, uh, brought to mind is uh, um, the sound of the sea during a hurricane or a typhoon or when the sea is angry. It, it's amazing how noisy the ocean is. But anyway, it, it, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a commanding voice. And... Uh, it, it, it says that uh, uh, this person he's looking at, he had in his uh, right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And John says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. You know, a lot of people talk about, what's the first thing I'm going to do when I see Jesus? You know, most of the time, most of the time, that, uh, every time I've read about people seeing Jesus and all His glory, they fell at His feet as dead, either to worship or, like John, just out of fear. And it, but notice, notice how Jesus handles this. And, and remember, John was the one that laid his, uh, uh, laid his head on Jesus' chest at the, uh, the Last Supper. And... He says, when I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet. He went comatose. And it says, Jesus laid his right hand upon him, saying unto me, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. I am uh, he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. And then, just for um, while we're here, if you want an outline of the book of Revelation, and we're here at one of the dividing points, just as I said, Jesus says, and he gives us the outline, he says in verse 19, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Now, the things which thou hast seen, what he's fixing to write here concerning his vision of Christ, and we, and we remember um, the, uh, the book of Revelation, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the apocalypse. It's, it's, it's the, uh, the same word we get the word apocalypse. Now, the word apocalypse has taken on a bad meaning in the world today, but what it means is a revealing. And this book, when you, when you look at it, as I said, if you, if you miss Jesus in this book, you've missed the book because, it, because it's the revealing or the unveiling of the risen Christ. 
So he says, write the things that you've seen. Write the things which are. And we just finished studying the seven letters to the churches, the things which are. That Jesus addresses the problems that are ongoing. And what we found was that um, uh, um, uh, the seven churches, at any point in time, every church can represent one or multiple aspects of the churches that we see here. And these were literal churches that, were, um, uh, that John was writing to, but every church has the characteristics of these seven, and sometimes more than one characteristic. And then he says, write the things which shall be hereafter. So let's go back to Revelation 4.1 because we're at that cusp right now where Jesus says, okay, this because uh, he, he tells us in Revelation 4.1, Hang on, let me get back here. Fat finger in this. He says, he says, uh, he says, come up hither in Revelation 4.1, and I'm going to show thee things which must be hereafter. Well, how can he write the things which must be hereafter unless he's been shown? Right. So he's fixing to see a vision. Now look at verse 2. And John says, and immediately I was in the spirit. Now does that, does that phrase give anybody pause? Does it bother you at all? Because John said he was on, in the spirit on the island of Patmos back in Revelation 1. And now he says, immediately I was in the spirit. Now, here's the deal. I don't think anybody really knows. All right, John was worshiping um, in Revelation 1. Jesus, he has a vision here. He, or he sees it, he, and the door is opened in heaven. Jesus says, come on up here, and I'll show these things. And immediately I was in the Spirit. Now, Paul in 1 Corinthians talks about being in the Spirit, but he didn't know whether he was in his body, he was out of his body. He didn't know. I don't know that John knew. And I, it's one of those minor things that I don't think you even need to dwell on. But he says, immediately I was in the Spirit, and he says, behold. Notice this, he says, behold. That's a... a Behold is one of those big words. In the, uh, uh, it's the most frequent command in the entire book of Revelation. He says, behold, look intently. I want you to see this. Don't miss this. He says, behold, um, a throne was set in heaven and one set on the throne. Now, John says, look. The door into heaven is opened. And look, I, I, as, as, as this door opened, I'm looking up. I've got a glimpse now into heaven. And what do I see? I see a throne. And that's what John wants his fellow disciples to see. He wants, he wants them to see a throne. There is a supreme headquarters. There's a control center of the universe. There is a seat of authority and power. John says, look, a throne. It's not way out there. It's not way up there. It's right here. He's, he's looking. He says, there is a throne. And, and he, says, he says, look, there's someone sitting on that throne. Now, for me, that takes an, it just makes my heart leap. 
Because as we take and we look around in the world, I mean, um, the weirdness knob keeps turning up. I, I, ten years ago, I didn't think the weirdness knob could get turned up any higher. I thought it was at full tilt. Um, but each day, we look and there's trouble around us. I mean, um, uh, the cost of living's going up. The, the wages really aren't going down, but the jobs are fluctuating. Um, you know, it, uh, the, the people that are um, uh, selling merchandise... Can't, uh, can't hardly make a living because there's not a lot of people buying merchandise. Uh, look, at the, look at the housing market. I mean, it, it, uh, it's got to be tough um, because, you know, unless you're young and stupid, who wants to pay $500,000 for a $200,000 house? Um, you know, the, the cost to remodel a house has gone through the roof. So uh, construction, cars, you can't get the parts because the, uh, you know, uh, and then, then uh, to, uh, uh, to top it off, you've got, um, you've got uh, world leaders button heads and um, um, people, um, people are all mad because you're not the same color as them or you're a different religion as them. And uh, uh, we've got to go to war. And then um, the U.S. has to play um, uh, basically Santa Claus to the entire world and fund all the wars and play both ends against the middle. And then, you know, this person's lying to this person. This person's uh, telling two lies to cover that, but yet they're shaking hands down. And you're just like, how? and the crime is going up, and the, uh, the protection is going down, and, and you're looking and you're going, wow. How can this happen? And, and then, you know, uh, marriage is, is pretty much out the window. Divorce is up. People are, people are uh, you know, it, it, it just, it, the world is, 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 has spun. It seems like the world's on fire and spinning out of control. But I look here, and I, I look at what John says. He says, Behold, there's a throne set in heaven, and there's one sitting on the throne. In the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of all this turmoil, and all these hissy fits, and people putting lumps on each other's heads, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, the month getting, uh, uh, getting, uh, uh, getting longer, and the, the money getting shorter, it there is someone on, uh, on the throne that's in control and there is a plan. The throne of the universe is occupied. It's not up for grabs. With our ordinary glasses looking um, and our short vision looking um, uh, on the news and, and with the stuff around us, we could conclude otherwise. We'd think, you know what, God's gone to sleep. Um, you know, it, it, but that isn't the, uh, the, uh, that isn't the, uh, the case. We, uh, we can look around us and go, you know, is, is anybody in control? Has there been a coup? You know, it, uh, um, you know, evil and death have stormed the headquarters and took over. But John's saying, look, 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 behold. I want you to see this. There is a throne in heaven, and there's someone sitting on it. Amen. Now, I want you to see how this, this person is portrayed. Look at verse 3. It says, And he that sat on that throne was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like an emerald. Now, the, the one sitting on here um, is like a jasper stone, sardius in, 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 in appearance. It, notice especially the word like. John, has, John is looking at this, and the, the sights 
are overwhelmed. We haven't even got to the sound yet. The sights are overwhelming, and he's trying to figure out words to describe what he's seeing. As I told my Sunday school class last week, I remember when my grandfather died, and he had been uh, he had been hospitalized, and he had uh, lived with bone cancer um, for I mean a decade, and. Uh, uh, when he was uh, just before the end, my grandmother was in the room, and he always called my grandmother Annie, and I don't know why. Her name was Edna, but he called her Annie, and he goes, and, but uh, I guess it was his pet name for her. And he, he looked up. He had been in so much pain, and all of a sudden the, the pain, just uh, the wrinkles on his face, everything just went um, uh, peaceful. And he goes, can you see it? And uh, my grandmother says, see what? She goes, can you see it? He goes, see who? There's nobody in here. He goes, he goes, Annie, it's more beautiful than you could ever imagine. And within a few seconds later, he was gone. John is looking at us. He's, he's looking here, and he says, and he that's set on this throne, he that's sitting in the con, you know, he, he, the one that's, that's, that's driving the USS Enterprise, the one that's in control of the universe, the one that spoke it into existence and holds it together is sitting on that throne. And John is looking at this and he's going, can you see it? It's more beautiful than you could ever imagine. And John, he says it's like Jasper. Now, it's the, it's the perfect symbol. Because jasper is, um, is a translucent stone like glass. Um, it, it, uh, jasper is revealing, and yet it's concealing. And he says it's like sardius. And, and sardius stone, depending on how the light shines, the colors of sardius range from yellow to red to green. You know, it, uh, you know one of these days, we're going to be there. One of these days, we're going to see this. And, and one of these days, you know, and we're going to be there for an eternity. And 100,000 years from now, 100 million years from now, we're still going to look at Jesus. We're still going to look at this, and it's, 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 going to be, it's going to be like light reflecting off a diamond or off a ruby. And we will have only scratched the surface of his beauty and who he is and what he's all about. And, and, and we're going to be in a place that words just can't describe. You couldn't write it down if you wanted to. And John, with his, uh, the English language is like three times as large as what uh, Hebrew is. And John, or the Greek is, and John is, with this limited uh, vocabulary, he's trying to write down something that's indescribable. And, and, the imagery here, it suggests beauty beyond measure, majesty, radiance. The, the one who sits on this throne is altogether lovely, and he's dazzling beyond description. Go down to 4.8. It, uh, and I want you to see something. It says there's four beasts that are flying around this throne. They're, they're called cherubim. But it, uh, um, it says, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is 
and is to come. Now, this one that is in control of the universe, this one that is sitting on that throne, this one that, that is holding everything together, that is, is beyond description and, and be, uh, uh, dazzling to look at, beyond words, he's always been, he is, and he's always going to be. And um, the living creatures, I want you to see it. They, 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 say, um, they say, holy, 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 all right? We need to understand that, that God is holy, all right? And um, there's a whole lesson I could teach on the word holy, but, but I want you to see this. It, the Lord God Almighty, we don't think about almighty. That it's just something that kind of rolls off our tongue. You know, we, we say it, we, we understand that, that God is all-powerful. He's, uh, he's in control, everything. Like, but the word is pedocratos. Um, and and it, it, it's the Greek word that John uses, and it's his favorite word for God. Um, it, 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 we're so used to the sound. Go ahead. Would you mind repeating that? It's what? Pantocratos. And, and John, as he writes, every time you, usually every time you see John say, Lord God Almighty, this word Almighty is going to be Pantocratus. And, and, and what it means is uh, um, it's all might. It, the one uh, uh, on the throne sits one who has absolute might and power and strength. Unmatchable. Um. It, it, the one that sits on the throne is therefore because he has all might, all power, all strength. He can be in control. He's the creator. He sustains it. He also is not a victim of circumstance nor of human manipulation. As, as, as John reminds me, my favorite phrase, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? He's never had a problem holding, it, uh, holding anything together. Now go back to verse 11. So he's looking at all this majesty. He's looking at the one on the throne, all-powerful, beyond description. And it says, it says um, uh, the 24 elders, in verse 10, they fall down as they catch a glimpse. Now worship is going on in heaven. When we get there, we're going to be worshiping. And it says, uh, it, uh, the four and twenty elders, they fall down before the one that sits on the throne and they worship him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now, the, the elders, those 24 elders, um, they represent the church. And all of us are going to be, when we, when we get to heaven, we're going to go before the Bema seat. Now, the Bema seat, we're going to be judged. However, it's not like the great white throne. The great white throne is where all the unsaved go, and they're judged based on their works. And if they're not written in the Lamb's book of life, they're cast into the pit. They're cast into hell. We go before the Bema seat. And the Bema seat is, 
we're, we're going to sit there, our works. What have we done with this wonderful gift that we've been given? You know, it, uh, with, with, um, when, we, when we trust Christ, you know, from, from in the Bible, from the end of the amen, God takes and spells out who he is. He spells out what he's done. He spells out what our problem is and what he's done to rectify that problem. And he says, he, he, he spins it out. Uh, salvation is not a leap of faith. He says, I want you to trust me by an examination of the evidence. That way your faith can be something of substance. He wants, he wants our faith to be concrete. We, we don't need to be walking around on eggshells and pudding and wondering if, um, if we're saved today and, and, and not tomorrow. And, um, you know, I did this little thing, so does that make me unsaved? And what do I have to do to get it back? And, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, do, do five good things equal one bad thing? And, you know, it, uh, you know. It, he says, no. You tr can you trust me? That is, that is the biggest question each one of us have to answer for ourselves. That's the crux of salvation. Here's who I am. Here's what I've done. Here's your problem. Here's how I fixed it. If you can trust me, here's what I will do for you. Amen. But you know, trust is the hardest thing in the world. How do, we, how do we gain trust? One step at a time. One step at a time. But that one step at a time, um, what does that give us? But what, uh, what does it give us personally? Let me, let, me, uh, let, me, let me reframe. Let me put this in there because I think I'm skipping over people's heads. When you walked into this room this morning, you all all came in to your assigned seats. <laughs> and you didn't think whatsoever about sitting down in them. Why? You've sat on before. When you sat on before, you gained experience, right? So with that experience, you trusted that that chair, being as it wasn't tape, uh, with duct tape and bubble gum, it has supported you in the past, and based on prior evidence, it will continue to support you and keep your bony or not so bony little rear ends from hitting, uh, uh, succumbing to uh, succumbing to gravity and hitting the floor below. So trust what what Jesus says. He goes, look, examine the evidence. Look at me. You're gonna have, and, and you can't do it on your own. You have to have somebody show you, just like the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, uh, uh, Philip takes and uh, puts on his, he straps up his little go-fasters, and he takes and he runs after that chariot. Philip was a fast dude, or that chariot was really slow. And I, I think the chariot was probably moving really slow because the guy was trying to read. Now, any, anybody that's ever tried to read a book in a car, I mean, I, I get a headache and put it down. Can you imagine doing that in a chariot with no shocks? I don't, you know, Philip comes, uh, comes up a long time and he, and he asked him one of the most theological questions in the world. He goes, huh, you know what you're reading? He didn't say, he didn't say, um, do you have any, uh, do you have any idea about the soterial, uh, soteriological value of the, the scroll? You know, he goes, you understand what you're reading? And, and, and the, the eunuch looks at him and he goes, how can I, unless somebody explains this to me? And what he was reading was the Isaiah scroll. So 
what happens is we take in, and we, we hear a little bit about Christ. We go, you know what? That sounds pretty cool. That's why, that's why we're called to be witnesses. What are the two qualifications of a witness? You've got to be there and you've got to tell somebody about it. <laughs> so it, it, anybody can be a witness. You don't have to be an expert witness. You can just be a witness. All right? Look, I, I don't know about this. It's just like the blind man. I don't, know, I don't know whether he was right or wrong to heal me on the Sabbath, but all I know is once I was blind, now I see. I don't, I don't know everything about this whole salvation thing. I don't know how it works on the inside, the outside, and everything like that. All I know is I trusted him and I got eternal life. But I can take you to somebody that can explain some of this. Simple. We take in, we, we, when, when a person becomes interested, we, it's, why, it's why we should always be spreading seed. And, and when a person becomes interested, those are those divine appointments starting to line up. And because, I mean, think about before you were saved, how many people spread seeds your way? You know, my grandmother, all she talked about was Jesus. You know, we knew that when we went over to my grandmother's house, we were going to hear about Jesus, and we'd roll our eyes about it. But on the back side of this, I'm so thankful for it. There's someone... Each one of us in here have had someone praying over us and witnessing to us our entire lives. Because from before the foundation of the world, God had a purpose in each one of our lives. And we're now able, because of this and because of Him working through history and through people, and usually people closest to us and some people we don't even like, He's, 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 he's made it so that we can become the person we were destined to be from before the foundation of the world. It's pretty amazing. But we have somebody come along and they explain the end of the amen, who Jesus is, what he's done, why he done it, how it fits for us. We introduce people to the one sitting on that throne, the one that's in the control center of the universe. And and the elders, they're worshiping and they say, they say, you know what? Um, we go before the Bema seat and we're given crowns for um, uh, as rewards for everything we've done. All of our works after we're saved. What, what have you done with this wonderful gift I've given you? All of our works from the time we're saved up until the time we go before the Bema seat, they're weighed. Some are like straw and they burn up. Some are like precious, uh, precious metals and everything like that. They're weighed, but not for punishment, for reward. And we're given crowns. The word crown here is Stephanos. It's, uh, it's um, uh, the kind of crown that um, an Olympic runner, an athlete would get for winning um, an event. And, and, we're, and some of us are going to have to have, to, you know, and I don't know about myself, but there's going to be some people up there going to need three or four heads to hold all the crowns. <laughs> but here's the deal. Those crowns mean nothing. In light of the one that's on the throne, in light of the Lamb, those crowns mean nothing because as, as we take and we get a glimpse of the one on the, crown, uh, the, uh, the throne, the, the, as we get a glimpse of the Creator, we cast all those crowns down at his feet. Amen. Now, and, and uh, here's, here's the deal, all right? I want you to turn over to Revelation 21.5. 
Now, we've, we've already seen that, um, that the one on the throne, and we know that, that God spoke this uh, universe into, uh, uh, or Jesus spoke this universe into existence. He takes and he holds everything together. And uh, um, uh, is it 21.5? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's the creator of all things. And he holds everything together. But notice this verse. It says, and he that's set up on the throne. Who have we, we determined that is? That's Jesus. He says, behold, I make all things new. And he, told, he tells John, he says, right, for these words are true and faithful. Here's my point with this. All right? This world's broken. We were broken. You know when uh, when uh, when we're called up when when that uh, when that when that door in heaven's open he says come up hither we're going to get our new bodies all brand new we've already got our new spirit you know for the moment you accepted Christ you were as perfect as you're ever going to be and you were sealed under the day of redemption now the flesh. The Ray walking around here ain't so, ain't so good. He's pretty marred. But the real me is absolutely perfect. It's been made brand new. It's been made alive again. And that, that real you is the one that in the midst of, in the midst of all the struggle and, and all the, uh, 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 the hardship, you know, as, as life comes at, at us and we want to beat our heads against the wall and, and we have that urge to, um, to let something out of our mouths that shouldn't, uh, shouldn't come out of our mouths and, and, and we do these things that are, uh, you know, not in line with who we are. That real you inside is that little voice in the back that begins to worship. It's that, it's that, it's that one on the inside that when things are the worst, it's glorifying God. And it can't help but that. Help but do that. And the one that it, 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 we, we see in later in the book that he takes and creates a new heaven and a new earth. And he says, it says, I behold, I make all things new. And as we look at this, we realize that the one sitting on the throne is the creator and that there is hope, and because he created once, he can create again. Um, now, notice that, um, go back to Revelation 4.9, and we're going to have to uh, shut down here pretty quick. But... Um, Revelation 4.9, uh, actually, go to 4.3. Um, and I want, I want to show you one last thing. Um, Revelation 3, it says, And he that sat on the throne, and it goes on to describe him. I want you to notice that... Um, God is sitting. 
The living God is so secure that in the vision, he's sitting. He's a king. Not once in the book of Revelation are we told that God stands up. When orders are given from the throne, we don't even see a movement of his finger. A command comes by voice alone. There's someone on the throne. Let me close with this thought and we'll, we'll go into the prayer time. What time we get out of here? Okay. Um, the one that sits on the throne pulsating with brilliance and light and life and glory is one of infinite calm and absolute power. And when we look at it in that perspective, we just go, we go, wow. Absolutely wow. Because the one that sits on that throne desires an intimate and personal relationship with you. Amen. You know, it, there's an old saying, it's, an, uh, it's about who you know. Well, think about this. You have, and, and, and it's why witnessing is so important. It's why getting people saved is so important. People don't understand it, and they're going to laugh at you, and they're going to be, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in the sermon today. People are going to uh, act, uh, look at you like you're you're madder than a hatter for always talking about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but but here's the deal: we're ambassadors, and and on the backside they're going to thank you because you're introducing them to the Creator of the universe. And you're making them realize that Jesus isn't some far off. He's right up here. God is right up here. He's, he's, he's always in your face. But He's so gentle. Just like John, he fell, he fell down as dead. And what does Jesus do? He says, fear not. He puts His hand on it. He comforts us. He's the shepherd. And He is the one initiating the relationship. It says that he he seeks us. You didn't uh, you didn't find God. God found you. You didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. God pulled you out of the clay, and he dusts you off. He gives you a big old hug. He cleans you up, and he gives you a life and a purpose. That's the same one sitting on the throne here in Revelation. Pretty amazing. All right. Let's go into... Um, and for my class, we'll pick up with the throne next week because as I said um, uh, last week, there is um, five things I want to show you about this throne and this scene in heaven. And I want to show you what the, uh, the, the scene is from the throne. I want to show you what the scene is behind the throne, in front of the throne, um, and, and around the throne. And uh, um, there's, there's some really cool stuff here that, uh, um, that we're going to take and flesh out. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, um, take a look at the uh, prayer request. And I'd remind you as we go into this, um, as I read out um, the prayer request here, um, we're already... And, and we're already praying.